What's up, guys? This is Mance Chapel, the Monday Night Delight, and you're listening to the Young Lions Perspective only on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Mysteries Podcast here. Welcome to episode 258 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday morning. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it happy Tuesday everyone hope your Monday was great hope you enjoyed the football uh, the doubleheader that we had last night hope you enjoyed Raw as best as you possibly could without you know blowing your brains out but that's just me <laughs> I hope your open Monday was good hope your Monday was fantastic mine was actually really damn good um, had a great day at work and episode 257 came out yesterday so if you haven't checked that out yet um, from yesterday, where I talked about the news of the weekend, all the news that's good for me to talk about, please make sure to check this episode out after, of course, you listen to this one, because it is Tuesday, and that means we get back into the swing of things and talk about last week, this week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT, and get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Standard, but this time around, we're gonna do a little bit of a twist. Um, usually, y'all know that Mondays are usually reserved for the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was whatever pay per view that we had uh, from Saturday or Sunday. But I figured, you know, it was NXT Takeover 31 on Sunday night, and. Since they were doing it last week's this week's episode, this is, and that, this is a show dedicated to all things NXT, I figured, why not just do a bit of a mashup this time around? So, I am combining last week, this week, and the good, the bad, and the ugly together to do somewhat of a super show in and of, it, in and of itself. So, we're going to kick off the show, start talking about uh, last week, this week, as we normally do. Um, so, for the most part, uh, I had not, I had looked up uh, try to find reviews or something like that. Mind you, I'm recording this on Monday, as I normally do to get you prepared for Tuesday, and I could not find a single damn thing, which is unfortunate. Uh, because usually there are some... Well, I can look it up as best as I possibly can. But usually I would have something, for that matter, uh, looked up. But from from what I looked at when I'm looking at I was looking at it, I couldn't find anything. Usually uh, the last word on pro wrestling habs usually have something pulled up on Mondays, which is a shock, which is not shouldn't be a shock to anyone. To be perfectly honest. And I unfortunately could not find anything. So 
instead of that, um, and usually it's and pretty much um, Wednesday night's episodes pretty much gonna be Fallout from uh, this past um, Sunday night anyway. So we will we will actually talk about some news uh, coming up a little bit later on in the segment um, in terms of backstage plans. Because I found this out before I actually started recording. About Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, and a couple other players uh, that came out. So this this was uh, interesting. This was some interesting, interesting news that I read, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Of course, of course, we had um, a lot of things go down on Sunday night, and this was some very, very, very fantastic stuff. And I was just very, very pleased with uh, everything that happened. With all of that, I was just blown away. I was I was quite blown away from uh, Sunday night's episode of uh, NXT Takeover. It was just it was absolutely wonderful, to say the least. It was a good show all around. I hope you enjoyed it uh, on Sunday night. You enjoyed it with some uh, friends and the family. But yeah, I do. There's a backstage note on uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, the Takeover main event finish, and possible injury news. Um, we'll be discussing that. So, let's see here. Sling Inc. Backstage plans. There you go. Oh. Kind of unfortunate. Because we're finding the same damn thing over and over. We'll figure it out as we go along. But again, I hope you guys, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed your your Monday and all that good stuff. Let's see here. Nope, they have nothing on here. Nope, nothing to go along with there. We'll figure it out as we go. We will figure it out as we go. Um, but, y'all know, before we get into anything, you know, we gotta pay the bills around here. And that means we get to talk about, uh, we get to talk about today, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lions dash perspective. My Teespring store. Yes, my Teespring store. Definitely. Uh, fall's coming up. Winter's coming up very soon. It starts getting cold in the Northeast. And that definitely means that you can get your butt some fantastic merch. Uh, I recommend the hoodies. And the pullover sweaters, because they are quite comfortable. My mom's got uh, some hoodies. My family's got hoodies. Uh, my sister, I think that's a hoodie of hers. Um, my eldest niece has one. Um, I, and I know my nephew and my youngest nephew, and my only nephew and youngest niece, also have YLP merch as well. Kids and toddlers t-shirts. Uh, all uh, clothing for men, women, and children. Uh, for any kind of lifestyle that you live across the country and across the world as well, we do international shipping. Ask Jermaine Lang how that's working out for him. We're rocking that YLP, YLP Pride shirt in magnificence. You feel me? Uh, we also have, uh, you know, accessories, coffee mugs. Uh, we got beach towels. We got organic tote bags, um, tapestries, posters, die cut stickers, die cut stickers. I'm sorry. But we also, of course, have the YLP face mask. I know across the country there are still places um, besides Florida 
um, across the country where you cannot go into a place of business without a facial covering or face mask. We here at the YLP Podcast have suited your need uh, for a face covering, and you get to look stylish, and you get to represent the YLP universe at the same damn time. So that's always a win in and of itself, and we actually do it for a good cause. Uh, it is $14.99 for the mask itself, and every, with every sale, $1 gets donated to a nonprofit for uh, helping those um, children in, in hunger. So I have two nieces and a nephew, and I usually know where the next meal is coming from. I don't, okay, I'm not really in their business, but I know they're going to be fed. There are some kids across the country and across the world that do not know where their next meal is coming from. And that kind of concerns me as an uncle. I'm not a father by any means, but I am an uncle and I am concerned uh, about, the chi- about the children because Wu-Tang always said, Wu-Tang is full of children and so is YLP. All right. I, sh- I can't stress this enough. When you buy the YLP face mask, you're doing it for a very good cause. Not only are you being able to have a face covering that looks dope as fuck with the YLP logo right in the front, you're representing the YLP movement well, and on top of that, you're, do- you're donating to a good cause. Again, a dollar for every mask sold goes to a nonprofit for children in hunger. Because there are schools, you know, I just heard today... Uh, in nine zip codes across in New York that they're going to be closing schools. That means um, there are some schools that, you know, give breakfast to children um, who don't necessarily get a nutritious breakfast. And that kind of concerns me a little bit. Um, so that's, that's something concerns. So not only are you uh, supporting the YLP universe, but you're also supporting a cause that definitely greatly affects a lot of children across the country and around the world. So it's a big deal for me. Should be a big deal for you. Head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lines dash perspective. Check out all the stuff I got over there. If you are a patron, uh, you do get 15% off using the exclusive code that we got over there. And we'll talk about Patreon later on in today's episode because we love we love you guys over in the Patreon squadron for sure. Y'all know Slack, Jermaine Lang, Gavita, Quarantine Gene, the homie, and all the other patrons that we do have over there. I'll talk about that later on. But again, Head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lines dash perspective. Get yourself some swanky YLP merch for the fall and winter months. And if you're living in a warm area, we got plenty of tank tops, boyfriend tees, flowy tank tops, t-shirts, uh, leggings for y'all ladies who like to just walk around and be cute with cute butt. Uh, what Russell had a radio on the top. Now I'm saying YLP on the right thigh. Mm-hmm. Fellas, you know, I had to look out for y'all as well. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lines. Dash perspective. Get yourself some swanky YLP merch today. All right, then. Without further ado, let us get into last week, this week. It's been a minute since I've done it. I'd say about three weeks since I've actually done an episode of last week, this week. And dare I say the go-home episode for NXT before NXT over 31 was quite interesting. And I mean that in an absolute good way. I'm really happy with the fact that, um, I'm really happy that they did the, this episode the way they did, because it was really, really fun to watch. Um, just everything go down with, with all of it. I was very, very happy with how they did everything. Just, ah, it was just mm, mm, delicioso. So delicious. Quite happy. Quite, quite happy with all that. 
So let's get into the four points that I figured were going to be very viable in terms of getting you prepared for, as we talk about, TakeOver 31 in the next segment for the good, the bad, and the ugly that was NXT TakeOver 31. Starting off, NXT nailed this face-off between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. They made they they made O'Reilly look. I don't know why I wrote that twice. They made O'Reilly look like a like a credible threat, and they kept it as civil as possible between them. This was a very intense face-off without it being over the top. Anything like that. They were really, really, really just, oh, man. I was, I was very impressed with everything they did with uh, Kyle O'Reilly. The, from the prime target, um, from that video uh, that video package they did for him, it was great. I was very, I was thoroughly impressed with all of that. I was just very happy with the, how they presented Kyle O'Reilly. Um, him saying, you know, when I first stepped in the wrestling ring, yeah, a small kickboxing gym in British Columbia. I took to it like a fish takes to water. I felt at home. This is something that has I have put every ounce of myself for my entire adult life. Even if I made, never made it to NXT, just wrestling for a few dollars every other weekend, I would still be doing it with my everything. This is my love, my passion. Talking about the Undisputed Era. How uh, Talking about Adam Cole knowing each other for 12 years. You know, with Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Red Dragon, of course. You know, this is real this is i want that's what's special about the undisputed era it's real more than anything i want to be champion there's nothing more important to me i had my sights set on finn balor for a long time when i came to america balor was already in japan when i came to japan balor was already in nxt when i got to nxt balor was on raw you know this was a really good way to have kyle o'reilly be looked at in a different light i was very very impressed um, very happy with how they portrayed him. And then when they had um, Balor and Kyle O'Reilly had that, you know, face-off, this was intense. This was quite intense. And the back-and-forth banter that these two had was just well done. Throwing shots and throwing little jabs here and there. HBK moderated it very well with the way they went about it. They showed HBK uh, moderating quite well. I was very, very, um, in, I was very happy with how everything came across. There was no, you know, stand up. It wasn't Shinsuke and Samoa Joe. Let's put it that way. If y'all guys remember that face off uh, many moons ago, that was intense. But the way they, the way the robbery was, they made, they had it be intense. With Kyle O'Reilly and Finn, they actually shook hands. They both, you know, I'll shake your hand. You know, no no animosity whatsoever. You know, we shake hands. You know, Balor wishing him congrats on becoming the number one contender. Utmost respect for you, what you've done. I look forward to your match. Kyle says the feeling's mutual, nothing but respect. Um, And they, you know, they really talked about a lot into this, you know, HBK saying that Colorado is the best kept secret in all of WWE. Balor saying, I don't think it's a secret. Maybe to a fringe casual fan who doesn't know him. But the business watches me because I watch the business. I know I've known how great he is. You've proven yourself in the NXT Tag Team Division. But more importantly, you've proven yourself around the world as a singles competitor. I know how hard that is. I was like, I like you. I like this guy. 
I'm a big fan of you, sitting here and seeing you expertly stroke your own eagle, thinking you can beat me. You're a fighting champion, and you do what a fighting champion does, defend, defend a championship even when defeat is certain. And that's what this is, Balor. Absolute certain defeat. You know, th- just, just the back and forth between these two was just very... It was civil, but intense. You know, I, I just loved it. I really, really enjoyed how this came across. And then, of course, you know, HBK giving Balor the last word Basically saying, you know, uh, Kyle, you're witty. You have charisma. You're really, really good in the ring. I believe you have everything it takes to be NXT champion. And you will be if this title was on anybody else except for me. Even what Kyle said before Balor had the last word, saying, I'm, you know, everyone's considering me the underdog is BS. I'm not the underdog here. You never faced me or anyone like me. I'll change your mind. There's something about the sound of a man's kneecaps exploding. It tends to say a certain opinion. And this Sunday, the so-called tag team specialists will do it again. Again, intensity, but civil. I like that. Because me personally, I'm kind of like that. Intense, but civil. Until you got to do some dumb shit and then I, then I have to go off on, on someone. It be like that sometimes. That's neither here nor there. But I did like this face-off. I thoroughly enjoyed this face-off. And, you know, what what we got after the fact with the match that they had at NXT TakeOver 31, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but that civil intensity, if that's actually a term, I'm just going to use it for now, really ramped up at TakeOver 31. But we'll discuss that when we get into the next episode. We shall continue on. The mixed tag team match between Gargano and LeRae versus Priest and Shirai was a good one. Now, don't freak out when I say this. That may make the kicks for the mixed match challenge to come back if WWE decided to do so. This was a great tag team match. Mixed tag team match, I should say. This is a really fun match to watch. Of course, they kept it within the rules. Ladies face ladies, men versus men. But there's a lot of interaction with Gargano and Shirai and Ray and, and uh, Priest that really made this match really enjoyable. I thoroughly like that. Um, from entrances, that was great with uh, you know Gargano and Ray coming out, of course, to Gargano, Gargano's theme song um, with Priest coming out. You know, doing hit coming out first, and then having Shirai coming out, and then co- immediately, you know, doing that, rawr, and then you know, you know, taking off their gear, taking off their belts, and just rushing after uh, Gargano and the Ray to start off the match. That was that was very uh, very nice way to open the matchup. Um, the the matchup itself was just very well done. A lot of back and forth, a lot of good spots throughout the matchup. Io um, hitting the moonsault on Gargano was a definite highlight. Uh, the little blow from LeRae towards the end when um, Priest was going to hit the Reckoning on Gargano was a solid highlight. Um, let me see if I can find anything else here that was of note. Do, 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 do. You know, the, the the back and forth between Candace and um, 
EO was just fantastic. They really have some solid chemistry um, together. They really do. I love I love their back and forth. I do like the chemistry these two have. And it definitely carried over into TakeOver this past Sunday. Just fantastic stuff. Priest and Gargano also had some decent chemistry in this matchup. I really enjoyed it. Um, the Tornado Complete shot was really cool off the top rope. That was very fun. That was really fun to watch. Uh, that complete shot. In the end, though, after the little blow, um, Gargano was able to hit the one final beat, and they get the victory over Shirai and Priest. And, of course, you see um, you know, Shirai and Gargano have some words. Candace is the backstabber on Shirai, and then uh, Gargano grabbing the belts and holding both titles at the same time. Gargano is if he's proposing to Ray, giving her the women's championship. They both pull the championship up, you know, as if they already won the belts. This was a very nice thing. Very, very nice. And all this stuff. One thing I will say, though, and this is just a sidebar because I didn't have one of this on that I should have personally. Um, I love the Cruiserweight. Um, I did like the I like the interview I like the interview segment but it was a bit you know I, I prefer I prefer the two not speaking prior to honestly I prefer them just to settle that in the ring I'm not I'm not always the biggest fan of you know video calls stuff and all that it was alright you know it just really it, you know it took on my fancy a tad bit but not to the point where I was just like the, the, you didn't need the interview. You honestly didn't need the interview. The intensity was already there. They have been building the feud for quite some time between Scott and Escobar. There was nothing that... There was honestly nothing that this interview did personally that would have made me already not want to see this matchup. That's just being real about that. Which is part of the reason why I left it off uh, the list. Usually I would do five, but without that, uh, we'll just leave it at four. But I just kind of wanted to throw that in there real quick. It was all right, but honestly, wasn't needed for what we've already seen between Escobar and Scott. Sometimes in life, it's better to shut the hell up than speak ill of the Undisputed Era. Unfortunately, Austin Theory learned that the hard way. Oh, Austin Theory. I'm a fan of his. Don't get it twisted. I love me some Austin Theory. I have stated for quite some time that um, Theory should have never left. Uh, Never should have been called up into um, Monday Night Raw because he wasn't ready. You know, 22 years old. Sure. Part of WrestleMania at 22. Fantastic. But I'm not going to lie to y'all when I say that he should have never been called up so soon. And what they did with him was pretty much nothing. So, I congratulations, you got a WrestleMania payday at 22. It's cool. Whatever. Anyway, you get, uh, we're at the backstage interview with uh, Sheriff Robert. It, no, it was McKenzie. I'm sorry. Um gets asked about uh, his inter- you know requesting this interview time is it about his recent struggles like struggles Austin theory and struggles do not belong in the same sentence 
As for Damian Priest, that should have never happened. I should have been put in the gauntlet match Kyle O'Reilly won. I saw the Prime Target video, and it's very touching and inspirational to look at, learn it took Kyle 15 years to finally get an NXT Championship match. That's a long time. More than half my life. I was already a part of WrestleMania at 22, but Kyle's the future? Kyle should try to be catching up to me. Well, the leader of the Undisputed Era felt some type of way about that. Mr. Adam Cole, baby. Cuts the music and says, for three years, for three years, the Undisputed Era has been a part of NXT. And for three years, we have dominated. We've done what we want, when we want, and nobody has been able to stop us. The prophecy came true. We said we would win every title, and we did. But even more important than that, people in the locker room knew that if you crossed us, you would pay. Then, the prophecy ended, and we lost our titles. And somewhere along the way, people felt the era changed. People felt like they could say whatever, and there would be no repercussions. I'm telling you here and now, nothing has changed. We are the same Undisputed Era that won the first ever War Games in WWE history. We are the same Undisputed Era that has dominated this brand unlike anybody has or anybody will. So then, Austin Theory, if you want to run your mouth about Kyle, fine. Do me a favor and bring your ass down to this ring and say that to my face. Theory comes out. Let's go, hey, calm down, relax. Why are you mad? Why are you mad for? Tell me what you're mad for. Still big and bad getting this ring. But if not, fine. I'll keep it simple so even you can understand. You have two options. Bring your stupid face in and fight like a man. Or stay right there so that the rest of the Undisputed Era can beat you where you stand. And make you beg to go back to option one. You can hear Austin Theory say, oh, you're going to jump me? You're going to jump me? Nah, we good. So they have a match. Between the two. And this actually, for the most part, was Adam Cole's house. For a majority of this matchup, this was all Adam Cole. That's not to say Austin Theory didn't have any um, offense in this match. He had a good amount of offense. Really did. Had a good Blue Thunder Bomb, uh, the Ushigaroshi. No, not the Ushigaroshi. Um, let me see here. Do, 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 do. Ooh, excuse me. You know, theory to get to, theory got a good amount of offense, and not to the point where I'm just like, "Oh, this was about to be a uh, squash match." Uh, but yet, Cole, pretty much, this was the type. This is the type of match where you ran your mouth. Now I'm about to take you into the wood, woodshed and show you what really happens when you run your mouth. For the most part, this was Cole's match, but that, that's not to say theory wasn't involved. You know, Shilling Slash Somersault into the shotgun drop kick, um, stopping mud holes, talking smack, you know, really, really getting in, trying to get into the head. Um, you know, the mule kick to the back, you know, torture rack, uh, or what he calls the tower hacker bomb, which is the blue thunder bomb. Um, but that was pretty much uh, as far as he got. Uh, I think he, what was it? Um, talking trash to Cole, throwing forearms, Cole gives him back. They go, they stand up. Runs, eats an elbow from Theory. Theory go, off the ropes, 
Looks like he was going for a spear. Eats a, he sold that like a god. Sold that like a god. And I was just like, damn. I, I, I was like, shit. That was just friendly. Super friendly. That was just all kinds of nasty. You know, you, you really can't be mad at the fact that, you know, you, you, when you saw that, you pretty much told yourself. God damn! <laughs> I, had to throw, I had to throw that in there. I had to throw that one. It's, every, every once in a while, you got to throw it in a good noob noob um, situation on there. But this was this was this was literally cold letting theory know hey, you're gonna run your mouth, you better know how to back that joint up. Cause at the after that super kicked and he sold it like a freaking god. Alright, try to go for the hot, try to go for the slingshot, eats another super kick, right into an undisputed brain buster, eats the last shot, one, two, three, we get the hell out of here. After the matchup, though. He looks at the camera and says, Kyle O'Reilly was born ready. Nobody wants this more. Nobody has earned an NXT title shot more. I promise Kyle will shock the system, but it won't be a shock to me. I love that. I love that. Him back in this dude. Respect, respect, respect. Austin Theory will have his time to shine. Right now, he's just he's just pretty much eating dog shit. And uh, but he's getting some he's getting some run, which is never a bad thing. Uh, just for now, you're that guy who likes to run his mouth. It bees what it bees. And finally, my final point that you should take away from last week's episode of NXT. The mid-tier talent of the NXT women's division is really building up quite well to the point where they're trying to make the case to become a part of the top tier of the division. And I'm talking about, in particular, Shotzi Blackheart and Dakota Kai. These two, I would say, honestly... I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to have a like a future star of the year award. I wouldn't do it for Dakota because she's already technically won it, won one, and that would make no sense. Um, but I would say, though, a comeback player of the year, really not a thing. I, I would do some type of who to watch out for in 2021. Sometimes like that. I'll give it a fancy name once I figure it out. But honestly, these two, Dakota and Shotzi, are two names. Now, from here on out, for the remainder of 2020, we need to keep an eye on. And they've already been on my watch list for quite some time, especially Dakota Kai. Going from turning heel on Tegan Knox at TakeOver War Games back last year to... Becoming this heel that I've been thoroughly impressed with. And then Shotzi Blackheart comes into the fold. This wonderful, fantastic wild child. And she's really proven herself to be a factor in the women's division. Uh, given the fact that Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez have been called up to Raw. in what I believe is one of the most tragic demotions in the history of 2020. In terms of call-ups. Austin Theory is right up there as well. And so is Angel Garza. Um... But when one leaves, one a spot must be filled. Two left, Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart have now risen up in the upper mid-tier. They're still mid-tier, in my opinion. 
But with Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart, they've really shown themselves to become in the to try to get into the conversation of becoming a top tier play, top tier players in the NXT Women's Division. As I always say, this division is the most stacked in all professional wrestling. Um, I would the only two divisions I would say that are the most stacked right now are the pretty much the most obvious AEW's tag team division and NXT's women's division. Stacked to the gills with talent and bringing more in every day. Of course, you have Zia Lee, Kaden Carter, Casey Cananzaro, Indy Hartwell, um, Aaliyah still there. You know, names that we may see come up the ranks. And Zia Lee possible heel turn. Um, Indy Hartwell, I can't. I want to see more of Indy. Um, I know it'll take some time for her to get developed, but I can't wait to see what they do with Indy Hartwell, Miss the impressive one herself. I can't wait to see what they do with her. You know, when it when she starts getting run, um, I'm really thoroughly enjoying what they're bringing to the table, and I know they're trying to bring in more talent for sure for the women's division. But this division is fucking stacked. This division is stacked, and we'll talk about how how much more. The division is stacked in the next segment when we talk about the good, the bad, and the other. That was NXT TakeOver 31. But this this division is stacked. And this matchup between Kai and Shotzi Blackheart pretty much came off the fact that Kai was eliminated by Blackheart in the number one contenders battle royals to determine who would face EO at TakeOver 31 on Sunday night. Uh, Candice LeRae did win that, so she got the chance. But, she was, but Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart were two of the final three in the matchup, Blackheart eliminated Kai. Kai felt some tough way about it. Wanted to challenge shots into a matchup. This is a this is a good way. This is actually a really good way to open up uh, the go home show between the two. Neither of them are going to be on the card, but it's a good way to showcase yourself. Uh, possibly getting into a takeover card sometime. Um, I'm trying to see when when do they do the next takeover? When is their next takeover schedule? I'm trying to see. Because I know they usually... They, I, I don't think they're going to do War Games this year. Hmm. Because I don't know if they're going to be doing anything else. I know... Let me see. Let's look back to September 3rd. Uh, there's two left at the end for the for this year. Uh, let me see. Okay, so the, so there's no... There's, there's going to be no um, War Games this year, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to say. I'm so unfortunate. But they're going to finish up with six... Uh, we had TakeOver Portland, TakeOver In Your House from June, TakeOver 30, TakeOver 31 from last, uh, not last night, Sunday. And December 6th will be the last one of the year. So there will be no War Games going down, which is okay. You know, honestly, War Games is better suited for a arena. With fans, and plus you need uh, more than enough room to do a uh, double double ring anyway. So you're gonna make you have to make sure that you have a lot of room for that. So I can understand that you know the possibility was if if COVID wasn't a thing. Um, war games would have happened easily. And I guarantee you that there probably would have been like a Candace LeRae, um, type sort of deal. So I can understand that from that standpoint, but 
you know, I would have loved to see personally. I would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see how a War Games matchup would go for the ladies. I would include Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart in these matches, in the matchup, if there was a War Games match to be taking place. I would have easily put that in there. I would have e- probably EO, Rhea, maybe Raquel, Candice, um, something along those lines. I would figure it, I would figure it out. But, I mean, December 6th will be the last one of 2020. I'm sure they'll end the year with a bang. Um, pretty much right now on the road to uh, NXT TakeOver 32 or whatever, whatever name they decide to call it. So be it. But this matchup, uh, the Cattle Mutilation by Shotzi, Dakota Kai's a flexible girl. Holy shit. Homegirl arms were all the way back. Like, all the way back. Like, I got a little bit of muscle. So my shit ain't going all the way back. But homegirl went all, her shit went all the way back. And that was just nasty. Straight filthy. I was just like, damn, girl. Okay. You know, there was a lot of good offense on here. Uh, Flying Sunset by uh, Shotzi. A lot of the rolling elbow, hitting the cannonball on uh, Dakota on the ropes, uh, leading that up to a tiger, uh, chicken wing to a tiger, tiger suplex. That was great. Let me see here. Now, what was interesting and not surprising, to say the least, was that um, towards the end of the match, after the uh, question mark, what and, and what and dare I say, uh, that spot with Dakota and Shotzi on the apron with the sliced bread, damn. Oh my fucking god! I'm 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 a fan of a good sliced bread. Don't get me wrong. Put make some grilled cheese with some tomato soup, please. But that sliced bread was nasty. So much to the point that Shotzi almost took herself out. Referee checking on them. They're both okay to continue. Shotzi gets in the ring, and it looked like she was gonna go for a dive on the outside. Raquel trips her up. Rhea comes out, tackling Raquel into the steel steps. Referees rushing out to get Rhea to leave. Raquel wants to go after her, but um, referees are preventing her from doing so. Dakota goes for around the world. Shotzi dodges it, goes for the roll, and gets the three count for the victory. So a victory for Shotzi Blackheart in the win column for the Wild Child. But this was actually a really fun, interesting opening matchup for these two ladies. I was thoroughly happy with what went down. Great job by both of these two. And, of course, it's been a bit of a rivalry for uh, quite some time, so it adds a little bit uh, to that. Just quite happy with everything that went down. I was thoroughly pleased with the matchup. Great opener. Really, really good opener. Really, really good opener. I was very, very pleased with all of that. And just thumbs up all the way around. Thumbs up all the way around. And you can't go wrong with that so quickly um we're gonna talk about a little bit of news from takeover 31 actually you know what yeah let me just talk about it now um because that'll kind of lead up into the good the bad and the ugly from wrestling this is both uh from wrestlinginc.com uh we got backstage notes okay act right laptop come on uh backstage note on the Main event finish, injury update to Kyle O'Reilly from my favorite professional wrestling writer, Mark Middleton. Kyle O'Reilly is said to be okay after his main event loss to NXT champion Finn Balor at last night's TakeOver 31 event. It was reported uh, today. 
that Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer Live that O'Reilly is okay following the post-takeover injury concern last night, or should I say Sunday. This could be an indication that O'Reilly did not suffer a significant injury like a concussion or something that will cause him to miss a significant amount of ring time. On a related note, it was also reported by Wrestling Observer Live that Balor called for last night's match to end early. While the plan for the finish all along was likely the double stomp and the coup de gras, it was speculated that they had a few more moves planned for the finish, but they went ahead and ended it a minute or two early, likely due to concern over their minor injuries. Both competitors were bleeding from their mouths during and after the bout. As we've noted, Triple H announced his during his post-takeover media call that Bauer was taken to a local hospital for x-rays on his jaw, and that O'Reilly was being checked out backstage at the Capitol Wrestling Center while the call was taking place. WWE later announced that O'Reilly suffered several broken teeth during the match, but was being evaluated for additional injuries, and that Balor was taken to a local hospital for CAT scans to get checked out for potential facial fractures. There's no word yet on what Balor's condition is right now, but O'Reilly seems to be all right. It'll be interesting to see if both competitors are kept out of the ring for a few weeks. So it looks as if there were that much injuries, but a call by Balor to get out of end the match early uh, made sense. Um, it bees what it bees, though. Now, from the women's side, women's championship side, um, you know what? Mm, I'm gonna leave that one alone because that will be that's actually one of my talking points for NXT Takeover 31. I don't want to spoil the surprise if you have not seen NXT Takeover 31 as of yet. And first and foremost, why the fuck haven't you? And B, you missed a hell of a show last night, in my honest opinion. So, here's what I will do. Disclaimer, if you do not want to know anything that went down from NXT TakeOver 31 last night, do not listen to the next segment. I would love for you to. I would honestly love for you to do so. But if you haven't seen TakeOver 31 as of yet, far be it from me to be the one that spoils the party for you. I will say this. This will be my non-spoiler, John. Good show. Really good show. Um... Main event, fantastic. Um, I would say, thank, happy about the Cruiserweights being on the card. Happy about uh, Shirai and LeRae. And overall, it was a very good night of wrestling that ended before 10 o'clock. So that's always a win in and of itself. And I'll leave it there. So that's going to end last week, this week. And like I said, there was no previews uh, for this week. But I expect a lot of fallout to come from TakeOver 31 and start to build towards uh, take over 32 or whatever they're going to call it on December 6th. When we come back, though, y'all know what time it is, what you really came here for, besides me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That was NXT TakeOver 31, and we have a lot to talk about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now, I hate ads just as much as the next guy, but I'm going to make sure I do my darndest to make sure the next 60 seconds of this ad is the most entertaining 60 seconds you've ever heard in your entire life. Kings of the Rings podcast, ladies and gentlemen, if you like this kind of energy, this kind of excitement about wrestling, I know you love it. Ads, I know you hate it, but hey, 45 seconds left. Kings of the Rings podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is the number one source for wrestling, entertainment, and news with myself, the founder, Will Tarasha, King Ricky Rose, the first Mike, the organizer, if you will, and the Kate Murphy. And the three of us make Kings of the Rings podcast. Make sure you subscribe, uh, listen every single week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find your podcast. 30 seconds left. Um, and on 
all of Wrestle Addict Radio. You can find all of our great shows. Make sure, please, support us. Kings of the Rings podcast every week. <laughs> every week, Kings of the Rings podcast comes out with new content. Make sure you go listen, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and make my life worth living. Thank you very much. Three, two, one. Back to the show. Episode 258 of the YLP Podcast. And before we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly, that was NXT TakeOver 31. We got to pay the bills around here, and I got to talk to y'all about Patreon. More importantly, patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio. 17 cents a day, as y'all know. Doesn't pay for pretty much a damn thing in this economy. But... If you decide to join Patreon today, 17 cents a day can absolutely go a long way in terms of exclusivity. Let me explain. For 17 cents a day, you'll be able to be part of a Patreon group chat with, uh, you know, people like Slack, Man, Myth of Legend, Quarantine Jane, Jermaine, Kavita, and all the other patrons. And of course, we love and support y'all for supporting us with our Patreon movement. Also, you get to talk to all the members of WrestleAdlib Radio, including myself, Kate, Will, and Kane Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast, Nathan Fretz of the Game Changer podcast, and Mance, the host of The Delight Show with Mance Chapel. Also, I think this is also pretty damn cool. You'll be able to listen to shows you won't normally hear Outside of WrestleAddict Radio programming, shows like exclusive shows like Love and War with Kate Murphy and Cam Ricky Rose, the 20 Bill Salute, and Fresh Fade 5, hosted by the Game Changer Podcast boys themselves. And of course, my Patreon exclusive show, The Secret Files Podcast, where you won't know what the topic is until you press play. But I think this is the most important one. How about an exclusive code? I know the code, but I can't tell you the code because unfortunately, gotta be part of the Patreon squadron to get this code. But an exclusive code that'll get you 15% off every single time you check out at any of our Teespring stores, the original War Collection, my collection, the YLP Collection, the King Ricky Rose, the King Ricky Rose line, the HBIC Collection, the Game Changer Collection, the Frontal Mania Collection, and of course. The Delight Collection from The Delight Show with Man's Chapel. We love you, Pippin. Now, 17 cents at that point goes a long way now, doesn't it? 17 cents a day equating to $5 a month gets you all that access. And it's a wonderful thing when you think about it. Head over to Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio That's Patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio Consider being a member of the Patreon family today. Always accepted, never expected, but consider joining today. NXT TakeOver 31 on Sunday night was better than I thought it would be. Looking at the card, initially I thought that this was going to be one of those cards where it's, alright, this is an acceptable card, we can get a couple good things out of it, we get to go home smiling, nobody loses, and I get to sleep Quite silently. 
this was a this was more than we expected, I believe, in my honest opinion. And we got a ton out of it. And for the most part, I'm gonna be saying a lot of good things about NXT Takeover 31. Most importantly, off off rip, the Capital Wrestling Center, in my honest opinion, is actually better than the Thunderdome. Unpopular opinion? Probably. Biased? Probably. My show, my rules. But this was out. This was a very fan, it's a fantastic looking facility. Of course, I changed the name to uh, show respect and homage to the Capital Wrestling Corporation back in the 50s. That was uh, brought up by Jess McMahon and uh, Vince's father. So that was kind of an homage to them. I love it. I love the building itself. I love it. I love the aesthetic of the virtual fans on hard cam and on the other side of the on the on our right side of the hard cam. Personally, um, I love it. I love the look of it. I think the Titantron they use is a lot better. Um, I mean, what they use for like the Thunderdome is not bad. It's kid, but you know, with I think. With Io, I think what really sold me on it was Io Shirai's Titan Tron. It was absolutely fantastic. I was thoroughly pleased with um, everything they did with it. Fantastic. I was thoroughly impressed. The building itself was great. Mm-mm-mm. Just fant- it was a fantastic looking spot, like a fantastic looking building, and it really and with the angles they had on camera the entire night, I was well. I think personally, it was well received. I like it more than the Thunderdome. I really do. And if it's me being biased towards NXT, so be it. But I really enjoyed the look of the Capital Wrestling Center. Now, let us get into what I have in my notes for NXT TakeOver 31. And, of course, y'all know, we always usually start with the most important thing. And the most important thing we need to take away from NXT TakeOver 31 on Sunday night is that Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly deserved to be in that main event spot, take over 31 on Sunday night. That was a battle that deserves to be placed in the pool to become honorable mention of the year. I wouldn't say it's a match of the year candidate. And I'm sure a lot of you will probably be thinking, this is a match of the year candidate. To me, it's not. It's close, but there had to be more behind it. There had to be a little bit more had to be a little bit more behind O'Reilly and Balor for it to be somewhat of a match of the year candidate. With this, eh, I could easily put it in the honorable mention of the year category without fail. And I'd be I'm definitely happy with it. It was a this match was a straight up battle, and I expected it to be. Balor, of course, retained. Um, but as I spoke about earlier, they ended the match a little early, given the fact that the minor injuries, both men were bleeding out of their mouths. I remember seeing tweets of, you know, using Joker Joker faces. I think I saw a Joker meme. They were really going after it. And the best part about it was no interference from the UE whatsoever. No interference from the UE whatsoever. This is straight up one-on-one as it should have been. Again, I was thoroughly happy with it. I was very, very pleased with the matchup. This matchup really was a great way to close out TakeOver 31. Even at the end, Balor 
showing respect to Kyle and, you know, giving him some dap. Like, hey, good battle. Good fucking battle. This was a war. And against two guys who are veterans of the game, Balor for 20, O'Reilly for 15. And honestly, I even said this on my Twitter, on my new Twitter handle, which I'll be telling you all about at the end of today's today's episode. Um, this was more probably the best match Kyle O'Reilly has ever had in NXT. And that's probably an easy reach for me to say that. But I said this was a banger of a match. Absolute banger. Kyle O'Reilly had the best performance of his NXT career. Hands down. And it was just so amazing to watch. We've se- I've seen Kyle as a, as a solo, as a singles guy before. So this doesn't you know surprise me. One bit that um, we got to see Kyle really perform and do his thing against the, the face of the brand right now in Finn Balor. This was a flat-out war. And both men showed up and showed the fuck out. And I was so happy with the result of this matchup. This was a war. This was a, this is just fantastic. This was... Kyler Raleigh can really sit back and think about this 20 years down the line as he tells his, you know, kids, grandkids, and all that. You know, Pop-Pop did that. You know. Just, oh, man. Now... What followed after the matchup, Ridge Holland comes out with Adam Cole on his shoulders and literally just yeets him over onto the uh, ringside area. You just see a stare down between all four members of the Undisputed. Well, not Cole. Cole was gone. Um, with Strong, Fish, O'Reilly, and even Balor were in shock. All, Balor was in shock, too. You, you, you see Strong trying to get a medic. Fish was like, did you know about this? I was like, I didn't know shit. <laughs> I just fixed your boy. Like, we and I were just beating the shit out of each other for like 20 minutes. Where the fuck was you at? Um... And this is what I put for in terms of Rich Holland. The Undisputed Era now is beef with Rich Holland, and we are about to see what Holland can do as an upper mid-carder. Now, he is a mid-carder, absolutely. Um, showed his ass um, in the North American um, Championship Triple Threat, Triple Threat Series. Should I say that five times fast? I dare you. Don't do it. Don't stop. Stop it. You're doing too much. Um... <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Honestly, simply put, now we're putting Rich Holland into the fold. NXT is trying to see what they can do with Rich Holland. It can he be viable? Can he be a viable mid Carter? We've seen this with Lee. We've seen this with Dajakovic. We've seen this with Priest. We've seen this with guys like this all the time. And we're putting Holland in a prominent role against main event talent. And we're going to see if Holland can sink or swim. Holland has all the attributes to me personally of becoming an upper mid-carder. We've seen it with Riddle. We saw it with Gargano. We saw it with Champa. We saw it with Ballard. This is tried and true methods 
throughout the entirety of NXT's history. But now it's gotten to a point where it's like, okay, we want to, like, let's try this out. Let's see what is, what's really good with him. Let's see what, let's see what he's all about. Let's see what, if we can get Holland to be a main event player somewhere down the line. Loomis did not, he, he's swimming. Cameron uh, Grimes, Velveteen Dream, when he was Patrick Clark. All of them have gone through this. Now it's Rich Holland's time to see if they can sink or swim with Holland. I think Holland can rise up to the challenge, especially with the way they did it at the end of NXT TakeOver on Sunday night. Now, I still haven't seen the Walter... I, I still haven't seen the Walter Rich Holland match, Matt, uh, but it, I heard it was a banger, which win for me, because I love bangies. And... Um, I would. I just want to see what Rich Holland is all about now. Now that we're putting him in a prominent role, will be will there be a possibility of facing Balor somewhere down the line? Cole Holland's going to be the move. Cole Holland is the move. That's that's going to be pretty much where we stand and see where Cole's uh, not Cole, but Holland is at. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be Holland's test. This is Holland's now. I wouldn't say final exam. But this is one going to be one hell of a midterm for Mr. Holland. If he can rise to the occasion and handle business and do what needs to be done with that, hey, sky's the limit for Holland in the future in 2021. But let's just see, you know, with TakeOver now two months away, literally almost two, literally two months away, technically, since it's December 6th, two months away, we're going to see, we're going to see Rich Holland be built. Now we're going to see what Rich Holland is all about. Can he rise up and rise to the occasion? I think he can. We'll see what happens with that. The NXT women and the NXT women's division in general was already stacked top to bottom. Now adding in Tony Storm and Ember Moon just made the division that much more competitive. I was not expecting Tony Storm to announce that she was going to make it to NXT. Now, the speculation was already there. We knew Storm had done pretty much everything needed to be done in NXT UK. Second ever women's champion in the history of the company. Uh, battles with uh, Rhea Ripley over the championship. Um, there's just no way you couldn't tell me, though, that. You know, it, this was just everything needed to see. Again, again she's in everything that needed to be done in, in NXT UK. Had her uh, through the triple threat match. With uh, Piper Niven and Kaylee Ray over the NXT UK Championship, she's done everything. She's done everything that she's needed to do in NXT UK, and we have been speculating when Tony Storm is going to go into NXT. And now, as of last, as of I should say Sunday night, she's now NXT. And this was right after the uh, championship match between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. And I'll speak about that in just a moment. 
so they had, and I, I did, I love the fact that they had the camera uh, on hard cam. It was fan- perfectly placed. Um, she's saying, you know, she says, Yo-chan, it's Tony Storm. Good to see you, Shirai. Don't mind me. Just congratulating you on a victory. Oh, and also, I want you to all oh, to keep your head on a swivel because I'm back in NXT. And it goes without saying, I'll turn the place upside down and inside out because this always has and always will be Tony time. But that wasn't it. That wasn't all. The mystery invader uh, with the pro- with the vignettes of uh, the motorcycle riding um, person, you know, talking about you know coming there, bringing their way back into NXT. Rides in on the motorcycle, night vision helmet still active. Gets to a side door. They go inside the Capitol Center. Gets to the stage. Takes off the helmet. Ember Moon is officially back in NXT. Shirai's excited. Because with Tony, she's like, okay. All right, Tony Storm coming to NXT. All right. And then you bring back the former NXT women's champion in Ember Moon. I'm excited. Because I think I saw a tweet. On there that had Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Tony Storm, Ember Moon, um, Shotzi Blackheart, Indy Hartwell, Aaliyah, Kaden Carter, Zia Lee, Casey Cananzaro. It makes me wish Yim and Martinez never got called up. Because this would, this is without a doubt. Now, look at your top tier now. Look at my top tier. EO, Candice. Well, actually, no, after TakeOver, I might have to put Candice in the mid-tier because from what I read, um, Candice is pretty much out of the picture. And they're not going to pursue EO and Candice any further than what happened last night. Candice got her shot. She lost. And Candice is now out of the title picture. More so, they're going to be focusing on, of course, Tony and Ember. Which I'm happy with. I'm very happy that Ember's back in NXT. I was very upset with the way they booked her in, in, on the main roster. Never really got a shot. Never really got booked properly. and Which is typical of WWE main roster as of late with the ladies. of When they bring them up from NXT. I mean, you got Shayna Baszler fucking holding tag team titles with Nia Jax. Which makes no fucking sense when they hate each other. Idiots. But now look at your top tier. And I'm going to have to put Candice in mid-tier for a little bit. With uh, Blackheart, Kai, Gonzalez. um, You know, those ladies. Because now you got Io, Tony, Amber, Rhea. Imagine if Mercedes and Mia were still in the division. And not being booked like fucking retards over in Monday Night Raw... Looking like bootleg Antifa. (laughs) 
imagine what the division would be like with Mercedes and Mia along with Tony and Ember. This would keep Mia and Candice in top tier. Mercedes would then be going down to mid. Low tier would be Aaliyah, Indy, Zaya, Caden, Casey. The division would be stacked beyond belief. So much to the point where stardom couldn't even touch them. Well, nobody can really touch the division right now. The division got super competitive with Tony and Ember. You're taking a top, you're taking a top talent like Tony, fucking Storm, and a former NXT Women's Champion in Ember Moon, and bringing her back into the fold of the division. What? This elevates your division now, because now EO has new opponents to go after. Because after Candice, I don't know who I didn't think I didn't really know who the hell they were gonna have her go after. Now you got two on deck, ready. And Tony and Ember. Now, of course, now you got two money matches going into 2020 and 2021. I don't know what they're going to do with 2020 in terms of TakeOver um, 32 or whatever the hell they're going to call it on December 6th. Right now, safe to say 2021 is looking mighty fucking sexy. And if I'm and if my mind serves me right, EO versus Tony at on WrestleMania weekend is your money match. That is the money match. Ember, maybe Royal Rumble weekend, maybe to, I would say a little bit too soon for Ember to get back into the title picture. Maybe they leave the women's championship off the card and reset for 2021. But EO's now got two heavyweights of the women's division to look forward to for 2020 and beyond. Speaking of the ladies, did we get one hell of a women's championship or match of what? I love this women's championship match between EO and Candice. It was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. 100% greatness. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Felt good. Very nice. Liked everything about it. Like every single thing they did. Beginning to end. At one point, I was thinking this was going to be, I even said on my Twitter, unless Finn Balor and Kyle Raleigh pull some magic out of their ass, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae was going to be matching the night. They were right there at that point. This could be match of the night. Of course, Finn and Kyle Gave us some damn good magic, and I was just like, damn it. <laughs> I spoke too soon, y'all, as usual. But this was a very wonderful match. And a match that I that I stated for quite some time, they were going to have to meet at some point. They were going to have to have that conversation. And we got that conversation. Between Candace and EO, and it was damn good. It was, it was what I expected it to be. Johnny Gargano got involved. Ref took two bumps. Rare that a referee takes two bumps in a match. But Candace bumped him. EO bumped him. Johnny came out and tried to do the fast count. And they were, and she was like, and they were like, uh-uh, I'm going to kick out of this one, fam. This was good. For, for what we got out of it, this was a proper championship match. And one that I can honestly say I'm happy with. This was a good championship matchup. 
Very, I'm very pleased with what they did. This has ton of replay value all day. I will watch. I would love watching this again. 100%. This is one of those matches where I was on my watch list for 2020 and I got what I wanted. I've been getting a lot of matches I've wanted this year for some reason. And a lot of matches I didn't even expect to happen. And I got and I enjoyed. But EO versus Candice was one of those matches where I said it had to happen in 2020. I don't know when. I don't know where. 2020 had to happen. They had to do it in 2020. And they got, and I got it, and I'm thoroughly pleased with, with just the match itself. 100%. EO retained the championship was the right call, as I thought. And, you know, now Candice is out of title picture. EO moves on with her title reign. And um, what Candice does going forward, especially with the upcoming draft coming up on Friday, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. With Gargano and LeRae, maybe have them both come up. I hopefully don't. I don't think so. I personally don't think so. I don't think either of them need to go up. And if they are going to go up, I wouldn't put them on separate brands. That would just be disrespectful. I mean, yes, they're in the Thunderdome and all that. But once we go back to live crowds, you know, then what? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to do then? We'll see. Honestly, we'll see. But I I mean, with what we've gotten out of it, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. And a ton of replay value. And then, of course, what we got with Tony and Ember after. That was great. I expect maybe Tony and Ember, Tony and Candice to go at it. Maybe Ember, Ember and Candice, Ember, just to, just to see Ember and Tony back, to see Ember back in NXT, Tony in NXT. I'm going to enjoy every little bit of that. This women's division is stacked. This, I mean, you're four now. You're top four now at this point from here on out. In my opinion of tops, you got EO, Tony, Amber, Rhea. That, from here on out, the division surrounds them. They are now the four corners, the four cornerstones of the division. And everyone else will try to take them off those cornerstones. Easily, too. Well, not easily. But you get the point. And it's going to be interesting to see. Kushida gave no fucks about Velveteen's dream arm at all, did he? He gave he gave no fucks about that man's arm. Just didn't give a shit. Not at all. Didn't give a fuck. Fuck that. Mm-mm. Nah, we good. I I don't care. Um, just no fucks. About Velveteen Dream's arm. This was actually this was actually an all right match um, for what we got out of it between uh, Velveteen and Kushida. I did expect uh, Kushida to win, absolutely, without question, not an issue. Um, I was very, just I'm, I'm just I'm not mad at it. Velveteen Dream needed to lose on this one. Um, what I did love about uh, Velveteen Dream, of course, y'all know with me and Velveteen Dream, style game always on check. Uh, of course, Doc Brown, the Doc Brown uh, cosplay from Back to the Future. And I even said this on my Twitter last night. 
Of course, Kushida has always been about, you know, Back to the Future and all that stuff. Former member of the Time Splitters. Came out in a damn, a damn, the, the damn DeLorean. All right, so you already know how deep that runs. And, um... It was, so, was I think, I was thinking either just cosplay or psychological tactics, which, um... Dream always likes to do for his, do his opponents. What better way to do that than try to get into the mind of Kushida than being a doing a cosplay of Doc Brown, who was Back to the Future. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Kushida, one of Kushida's finishers or signature moves was a move called Back to the Future. So it was it it, it, it you gotta understand, you gotta understand that shit. With that, so I, I even said, "Yo, Dream must have been watching his NJPW tapes. He must have been watching his NJPW tapes. Easily had to. That's the only way he would have known that. But I really like the cosplay. I really like the style with that. Very nice. This was an all right matchup. Um, I love the fact that the entire time that Kushida was gunning for the arm, that was pretty much the focal point of the match." For Kushida, which I did like. That Dream Valley driver, when Kushida pretty much no-sold it to get to the hoverboard lock at the end and making Dream tap was fantastic. The aggression after the match, going after the arm again, fantastic. I know a lot of y'all out there don't like Dream right now because of the certain things that happen with Dream. That's fine. Separate that for about two, three minutes and understand where I'm coming from. This was a solid match by both men. Solid. Not damn good. Solid. Okay, inverted Danielson stops. This, Kushida wanted to show aggression towards Dream. And he did. And he got everything he wanted out of that. I enjoyed the fact that Kushida was able to show off his aggression. Dream was trying to really get into the mind of... Mind of Kushida. You know, even calling, even so much as calling him Marty. You know, screaming, get up, Marty. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this. This is a good match. This is a really good matchup. Um, after, you know, Dream hits the Bronco Buster, he's yelling at the crowd, boo me now. I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, soaking up all that heel heat. He did good. He did good as a heel. Well done. You know, going for the Purple Rainmaker. Um, tried to hit that. And, you know, let the arm, you know, bothering, you know, that arm was really getting to him. It got to a point where that arm was really getting to him. And going for the, you know, Dream Valley drivers and the Purple Rainmakers, it gets to a point. You know, I love the fact that Dream was yelling at Kushida, you know, dream over, call your mama and tell her about it. But then he got caught into the flying hoverboard arm, arm bar. And, and I love the fact that Kushida was really showing that aggression. And even after the match, he showed that aggression. This was good. This was this is what I like to see out of Kushida. Because he kind of showed that with in NJPW at times. When he was having his feud, when he was having his feuds with Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, you know, back a few years ago. Showing aggression, and I loved it. The Cruiserweight division finally got their chance to shine on a TakeOver card, and I can say with full confidence that they absolutely delivered. 
I'm going to be very quick about this one because I got a couple more things I got to talk about. But I will say I've been wanting a chance to see the Cruiserweights be on a TakeOver card. And I finally got my wish. And I love that Escobar and Scott were able to really show up and show out on Sunday night. I was thoroughly happy with it. I couldn't be any more pleased than with what they did. This match was really good. And I said, unless anything happens, unless, you know, the women's championship and the name shit to bed, this was at that point going into the women's championship match, my match of the night. This was thoroughly well done. I was just so, so happy that, again, I was so happy that the Cruiserweights on the card, but I'm also happy that the Cruiserweights delivered. And honestly, Escobar winning was the right call. Even though I had picked Scott to win, looking back on it, Scott did pin Escobar twice. So it made sense for Escobar to get that win back. I mean, granted, El Legado del Fantasma did get involved. But it was also good to see, you know, give us that belief that Scott was going to take the title away from Escobar at some point. What I did love was towards the end, where both men were on the apron, Swerve lost his footing, and bounced right into the turnbuckle. Really, one good detail I loved about that, he sold it like a champion. He sold that amazingly. And it was just had that look. It was like, oh, shit. I just did that. I fucked up. And then went right into the uh, Escobar hits the uh, shoulder breaker. Was it a shoulder breaker? Let me see. No, we even got Ashanti the Adonis uh, coming out and trying to um, help the cause. Uh, yeah, the butterfly face buster across the knee. So that was a very well done thing. I, I was, Again, this was fantastic. Phantom Driver finally uh, kicked out by Scott, first man to ever do it. It looked like, I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be crazy. Um, the three amigos hitting it, go for the flock splash, he missed that. Um, the house call, it looked like that was it. Goes for the 450 splash, thought that was it. Um this was very good. This was very well done. And these are two guys that are going to be really, uh, really big mainstays. What kind of concerns me now is going forward, what they're going to do with the Cruiserweight division in terms of who's going to be next for uh, Santos Escobar. It could be Adonis. Um, it could be uh, Shanti Adonis maybe getting the next shot uh, since he was involved with the matchup itself. You know, talking about, you know, getting involved with Swerve and Legato. I have last respect for Swerve, trying to help a brother out. Sick and tired of Legato jumping guys, you know, jumping faster than Amazon delivers. I don't know about that. Um, this is all about me now. My swagger's on a thousand, dripping, dripping, dripping. This is my R-I-C-H-U-A-L. And when the money speaks, no one checks the grammar. I'm going to hit you with a hammer. 205 from the 215. You know what time it is. Showtime. So we'll see what the Grizzly Division has going forward. But this was a a very proud moment for me. I felt like a proud dad as an advocate for the Cruiserweight division. I'm an advocate for a lot of shit. Um, but I'm an advocate for the Cruiserweight division big time since the Cruiserweight Classic happened a couple, uh, few years ago. So 
happy to see them on the card. Very, very pleased with the result. As much as I enjoyed watching the North American Championship between Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano, this match shouldn't have been the match to kick off TakeOver 31 on Sunday night. Good match. Good way to open the card, but I would have rather seen the Cruiserweight Championship start the card on Sunday. That's just me personally, personal preference. And unfortunately, again, it wasn't that bad. It was a lot of false finishes, though. And that kind of took away from the match itself. I guess it was the kind of match that needed it. But this would have been better served in the middle of a card. This would have, If you switched the Cruiserweight Championship and the North American Championship, I think the matchup would have flowed a lot better and allowed the rest of the card to actually build off of that standard. Like when and I listened to Joe Cronin last night, and he's and I think it was Jake DeMarco that says this. Um, when you ha- start a card, your opening match has to be hot. Your opening match really has to be good. A lot of a lot of good moves, not a lot of false finishes towards the end, but a really lo- a, a type of match that really will get the crowd going and sets the tone for the rest of the night. I can say with full confidence that this wasn't the match to do it. This wasn't the match to do it. I would have rather seen the Cruiserweight Championship match start off the night hot and then just switch the North American Championship and Cruiserweight Championship. Though, if that, I think personally that would have been a lot better because. But when you think about it, the only reason I would say you think about that like that was, um, you know, here's how, okay, if I'm really thinking about it. If, Gar- if you're going to get Gargano involved in the Candice LeRae-Io Shirai match, I would have put the North American Championship on second right after, still giving enough, Johnny enough time to actually do his thing. Give me Kushida Velveteen Dream going third and still have Io Shirai Candice go fourth, main event go fifth. If you just switch it up just a little bit, I think the card would have came out a little bit better. I think Kushida Velveteen Dream would have been a nice break in between the title, two title matches. Kushida Velveteen Dream, and then two title matches right after that. I think it would have been a better way to kind of uh, break up everything and really would have set the tone for a lot of things throughout the night. I think that would have been a little bit better card. That's just me. And you still would have given Johnny Gargano enough time to be able to recover, rest, and then get back into the, uh, and then still get involved in the Io Shirai Candice LeRae title match at TakeOver 31. And last but not least, and y'all thought I forgot this shit. Y'all thought I forgot this one. On October 28th, three weeks from tomorrow, NXT will bring to us Halloween Havoc. Sorry, AEW. NXT is going to do it, and and we're going to enjoy this. The Wednesday before Halloween, which will be three weeks from uh, this Saturday, We're getting Halloween Havoc. Now, some will say this may be a ratings grab as a way to try to compete with AEW in a sense. And honestly, in a sense, you would be right. But we got the Great American Bash, now it's pretty damn cool. We got Super Tuesday, now it's pretty damn cool. And 
you know what? I can't be mad at it. I can't be mad at we're getting Halloween Havoc. And it's going to be hosted by Shotzi Blackheart. So I'm all for that as well. Just, I think it fits her perfectly for her to do it. And I think if I looked at uh, Cheershot.com correctly, towards the end of Mitchell's, uh, excuse me, uh, results and report. Let me see here. I think he said this, and I quote, NXT bringing Halloween Havoc back this year is great and probably just a way to stick it to AEW. And I love that Shotzi Blackheart will be the host. She used to host horror movie drive-in type events. She'll certainly have a lot of fun with this and make it that much more fun. I can't wait to see what happens, end quote. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm thoroughly happy with the result. NXT Halloween Havoc on October 28th. Three days before Halloween. This is going to be fantastic. I, I'm so happy with this. And, you know, kudos to NXT for pulling this. Because we all knew WWE wouldn't be able to pull this off. So quickly, let me get into the awards. And, uh, awards segment. Because I wasn't going to, I was going to do it separately. But I'm going to do it all in one segment, one shot here. Let's go over the top three matches of the night quickly. Number three, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I was going to put it at number two, but I thought number two was just slightly better than number three. And that number two is Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott for the Cruiserweight Championship. Again, first time with the Cruiserweights on the card, and I really think in my honest opinion, they just really showed up and showed out. Shirai LeRae, really good matchup. I just think, Escobar, to me personally, Escobar and Scott was just a bit better. Especially with the with the, uh, with the feud they had been having as of late. That kind of was the kicker for me to put them at number two. Uh, LeRae just won a battle royal. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But feud over battle royal, nine times out of ten. But match of the night, I think it's quite obvious, and I think you enjoy the fact that I picked this. Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly get my choice for match of the night. This was just spectacular. A great main event, a great way to close out the show. And of course, after Rich Holland coming out, carrying Adam Cole, yeeting him to that ringside area, and now what we're going to see what happens with Rich Holland and the Undisputed Era going forward. I'm excited about this. Again, possibility of Rich Holland do some, doing some things. Hey, can't go wrong with that at all. Which leads to my worst match of the night. And I hate takeovers like this sometimes. Where you have five matches and they're all good. They were, this was a very good show, nonetheless. Um, not, the, not their best, because I've seen a million, because I've seen takeovers much better than this. But... There had to be one, and I'm just gonna go. And it's it, this is not a dig at them. It's just to me personally, this was just a match that didn't do it for me. In terms of that, like I said, it's not not by any means a bad match. It was just 
you got five to choose from that were all good, and you have to pick one that was not the best. And that is going to be Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Now, a lot of people were thinking, oh, you're doing that because you did the pedophile. No, 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 no. Just because I said, just because I just didn't think Gargano and Priest should have been first. But I did think Gargano and Priest was better than Kushida and Velveteen Dream. Now, like I, now, yes, I say feud over that. But what we got out of Priest and Gargano was fantastic compared to Kushida and Velveteen Dream. Yes, they had a feud. I just think personally that Gargano Priest, what we got out of that was much better than Kushida and Velveteen Dream. And unfortunately, as good as this card was, one had to be chosen. And unfortunately for Kushida and Velveteen Dream, you guys are worst match of the night. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's kind of one of those, I had to choose one off of a good card. Which leads to my NXT TakeOver 31 MVP. A lot of big names have won TakeOver MVPs. Keith Lee has won a TakeOver MVP for Portland. Rhea Ripley has won one back in uh, 2019 for War Games. Hell, she was, Survivor, she was Survivor Series weekend MVP. Without a doubt, she had the best weekend out of everybody. I would say Keith Lee is a close second. I could have gone, could have gone the co-route, but I decided that I think Rhea had the much better weekend. But one man easily stood out over everybody of the 10 people that were on the card. And I'm going to give this MVP award to Kyle O'Reilly. It's the easiest one to choose. Kyle O'Reilly, as I stated, had the performance of his NXT career. And it should be seen as a net positive and a huge victory for him in general. Again, he can look 20 years down the line and just think, damn, that match I had was bet with Bauer. It was a banger. That was the first time they ever faced each other. And for a first time ever meeting, um, yeah, you damn better well understand that this was the performance of his life in NXT. This was the best match I have seen with KOR. Wonderful. And he, he is, I would say, honestly, he is deserving of this award. There was no one else on this card performance-wise that did it the way Kyle O'Reilly did it. Showed grit, showed heart, bled, went toe-to-toe with the NXT champion, and it and looked fantastic doing it. I was very happy as a, as a huge Undisputed Era fan and a kind of low-key uh, Kyle O'Reilly stand, and, of course, well, Red Dragon. Um, I'm proud of Kyle O'Reilly for this. He had a great night, great feud, everything leading up to it, the intensity from the face-off, I think kind of swayed my decision a little bit when I saw it upon uh, watching it. And he did, he just did himself a great service. Um, very happy with the result, very pleased with what Kyle O'Reilly did, and he is deserving of NXT TakeOver 31's Most Valuable Player Award, which leads to my final grade. This was quite an easy one to do. This is actually an easy, easy grade to go. I'm going to go with a B plus. Good show overall. Kind of had a couple missteps. Again, match card placement kind of could have been a bit better. I would have loved to see Kushida Velveteen Dream in the middle, breaking up the title matches just a little bit. 
I would have liked, I would rather seen the cruiserweight championship go up first and then have the North American championship right after still giving enough time to Gargano. So kind of a little bit of missteps there. Um, at times, I think that the women's championship was kind of, eh, you know, but I mean, main event carried the day, carried the night very easily. Every title match did what they needed to do. Overall, B plus, I think is a solid grade to give this event and all players involved should be very happy with what they did um, on Sunday night. This is a very well done show. Like I said, not the best, not the greatest takeover I've ever seen because there have been many more uh, better than this one. But I, I can easily say this was a very good takeover considering the card that we got. Where I wasn't able, I wasn't knowing to what to expect. But you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed what we got. And I can't wait till December 6th. Maybe, maybe, and I'm just throwing it out there. I doubt it'll happen, but maybe NXT TakeOver 32 should get Starcade. They should get Starcade. NXT TakeOver Starcade. Because here's the best part. Starcade always happened in December to end their year. It was their biggest show of the year. It, let, it was pretty much WCW's version of WrestleMania. Everything they did from January until the end, until it Starcade, led up to Starcade. All the feuds that started in January ended at Starcade. So I'd say what a great homage it would be to Starcade to have NXT Takeover Starcade for December six. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude episode two fifty eight of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion. Get your primed and ready for episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 258 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. we got some new things to talk about, so bear with me. Everything new, new. New things going down the pipe. So follow me on this one. I will lead you into this journey. Of course, if you have any thoughts, opinions, uh, give me your thoughts about TakeOver, what you thought about it, what you thought about last week's episode, anything in general in terms of NXT the last week or so. Sound off. Let your voice be heard. Leave your boy a voice message, of course, over on anchor.fm slash your mind's perspective anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio leave a comment over on ambiguous podcast or or you can hit me up personally on my brand new gmail account at just write it down if you need to young lines perspective all one word at gmail.com that's young lines perspective at gmail.com let me know your thoughts let me know what you thought about nxt takeover 31 let me know what you thought about last week this week let me know what you thought of the episode anything you want to if you have any questions anything like that you can send me a voice message on anchor.fm Westlife radio over on my young lines perspective page leave a comment over at ambiguous podcast solutions at, uh, uh, dot com 
or leave me an email again, younglionsperspective at gmail.com. And if I like your emails enough, I'll actually do maybe do an episode where I read all your emails, answer any of your questions that you may have going forward. Hey, new things going down the pipe. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt tech, the gabs, the parlors, sliding your friends DMs and text messages. Don't forget you can use Facebook Messenger as well because it is unprecedented quarantine times. We here at Russell Addict Radio want to provide as much entertainment as possible for your wonderful listening palette. We give you five diverse palettes of wonderful, wonderful podcasting across the world. It beats like that. But Here to provide entertainment and some sort of solace for you know after a hard day's work. If you're still trying to look for a job, we want to at least provide you with a, give you a little bit of a smile on your face, give you some entertainment. Because not only are we here at Wrestle Addicts Radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast, we are 100 percent without a doubt the absolute then, now, and forever then alternative. Professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app. It's most, it's, it's definitely understandable. It means what it means. A lot of people have different platforms that they like to listen to their favorite podcast on. But if you think for one second, we're literally all about anchor.fm and ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. My friend, you were sadly mistaken. And in case you've been under a rock for quite some time, my friend. We at Wrestle Addicts Radio, including the YLB podcast, is now part of Amazon Music and Audible. So if you have Amazon Prime and if you have an Amazon Music account, you can listen to the YLP podcast anytime you want, including this episode that will be dropping technically today. So again, also audible.com. We're partnered up with Audible as well. We uh where I know thousands of hundreds of thousands of audiobooks. Now they're including podcasts as well. And yes, the YLP podcast is, and Wrestle Addict Radio are part of that movement. All the good, all the things, all the good things in the world. And we're just getting better and better. So much love to Amazon Music and Audible for allowing us to be partnered up with y'all. Much appreciated. Hey, Bezos, cut that check, homie. But that's not all. We're, of course, you can also find the YLP Podcast, Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and of course the Delight Show with Mance Chapel across all different other different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Overcast, Castbox FM, Breaker, Podcast, Pocket Cast, I'm sorry, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for all our podcasts across Russell Attic Radio. And you should have no problem finding all of us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I'm active on social media. And I actually have, along with a new email, again, younglionsperspective at gmail.com, send in your questions, your thoughts, your opinions on the show, anything, anything in the terms of professional wrestling, ask me and maybe one day I'll answer. And we'll do a show about it or something like that. Okay. I got a new Twitter handle. I got a new Twitter page. Yeah, it's like that. Now, from here on out, 
Sway Senator War is now me personally my personal page. I got a lot of crazy stuff on there, and uh, I follow a lot of things on there. And I want to have one specifically just for the podcast itself. You can now find me and make sure you write this down. And I put this on my IG stories as well. If you follow me on Instagram at YL Perspective, capital Y, capital L, capital P, Perspective, P E R. S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E. That is the new Twitter handle going forward. YL Perspective. That is my, that is my, all for all wrestling shenanigans. Head over there. Follow me over there. Tell a friend to tell a friend to follow me over there. And that's where I'll be doing all my live tweeting now. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday. Smackdown Live every Friday night. Um, Every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, every NXT TakeOver and NXT UK TakeOver specials. And, of course, with the G1 going on, I try my best to do live tweeting for NJPW as well when it's 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And I can't go back to sleep because I went to the bathroom. My body was like, uh-uh, fam, you ain't going back to bed. You can just, <laughs> you funny. Um, so, yeah, that is the new Twitter handle going forward. One more time, at YL Perspective, capital Y-L-P. Perspective. Of course, you can follow me over on Instagram, the mothership and the hub of everything that is the YLP universe. You can still find me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Memes, updates, all that good stuff. You know how it works. Send me your memes. Send me your memes on my DMs. And if I like it enough, again, I will have no problem putting it on my page, tagging every single member of Wrestle Addict Radio, and you will have your 15 minutes of pure fame and magnificent excellence. Of course, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, yes, I got a Facebook page over there, and you can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, follow the page. In that order, I have over uh, 100 followers over there, and much love to and respect to every single one of y'all that follow the YLP podcast. I'll be updating it very soon, uh, making it into the YLP podcast, changing everything up, making everything nice and spiffy. Luckily for you, though, all my Instagram posts transfer over to my Facebook post, and so you're pretty much not missing anything I do off of Instagram, everything you get with that. Um, you get off of Instagram. So it's all one and the same. It's a beautiful thing over there. And I was actually smart enough to do that. So follow me on all these different platforms and stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. I'm looking over to judges to ensure I have fulfilled all my duties for the night. And I'm looking over to the country of actually Liechtenstein. And yes, that is an actual country. Look it up. Getting the thumbs up. All right, we are set to go. So y'all know this Friday, Again, we're back into the swing of things. First week out, back into the swing of things. And that means a brand spanking new episode of Light the Fuse, where I break down tomorrow's episode of AEW Dynamite. Break it all down. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit of news going into the weekend, kicking off your weekend in proper YLP fashion. Other than that, y'all, I'm getting the hell out of here. Enjoy your enjoy your the rest of your Tuesday. Enjoy Dynamite if you're going to be watching it. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday at 10 a.m. for episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. See you!
This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.